Welcome to Backlog Dialogues, the podcast that digs you out of your backlog before it buries you. I'm John, and joining me as always are the Anna and Kristoff to my Elsa. Honestly, I got nothing. <laughs> you don't? I'm, You're not going to comment about why not like Olaf or Hans or any of these other characters. You got nothing, really. <laughs> you could have said Kristoff and Sven had one person do both, but... Is Hans's name even mentioned in this game? It is it not. It is not. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm Matt and not Sir not appearing in this film. <laughs> and who are you? Huh? Who are you? <laughs> Did you say your name? I forget if you said your name now. Who say your name. Who are you? The owl song. Uh, John, what? apparently Jared isn't going to say his name, so no, I'm not. just curious. I'm just curious where this is going at this point. <laughs> We're introducing ourselves. That's the point. Think, this is the yeah, you think, section. You think we wouldn't have such a problem with this, but <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this week we're visiting the frozen world of Frozen. Let's talk about Frozen. I still like Frozen. Damn it. Frozen was a good movie. I'm going to get that out of the way right now. I know it was very popular among uh, among girls. Uh, and oh, yeah. Probably still is for uh, for a lot of young uh, young. I kids. think it's kind of been supplanted by Encanto recently uh, in terms of just like both parents have to deal with their kids watching it nonstop and specifically certain songs. But yeah, I, I will never get over Josh Gad saying I get it now. Parents, I'm sorry <laughs> because of Encanto because his kids playing the Encanto songs. Funny. <laughs> But so let's actually talk about Frozen real quick, yeah. like for real, for real. I mean, if Tangled was kind of the start of the current CGI Disney era, Frozen was kind of the linchpin of it. I mean, yeah. I, you think you'd say that without a question. Yeah. Frozen is the movie that I would say made Disney Animation Studios CGI films like the big yeah. thing. Honestly, like I think it's kind of put Disney Animation Studios a bit ahead of Pixar for a lot of the last decade. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically... This film, this one was the one they struggled for a while. It's probably oh, yeah. one of the most completely changed myths from the original uh, to the to the Disney version. And if you know anything about how Disney will rewrite myths, that's saying a lot. Because it came yeah, from not- the Snow Queen, and they kind of been trying to make that one since back in Walt Disney's uh, days. So why do you think they had such a trouble uh, adapting the Snow Queen to a animated movie? It looks like it's because even for Hans Christian Andersen, it's a pretty dark story. Okay. I mean, the Snow Queen is a pretty is a uh, well a villain, of course, and Elsa from Frozen stayed a villain for a pretty large chunk of the development time until they made a song so good they couldn't help it. Okay, <laughs> and I think honestly, making that change probably is what made it a successful movie. <laughs> so. Everybody seems to like to to root for Elsa, and oh yeah, I know the year Frozen came out, like that was the costume for. For little girls at Halloween, like "Let It Go" was not just like a really popular song; it was an anthem. Yeah, that song. Like, you not only saw it everywhere; everyone, you know, made versions of it. Everyone sang yeah. covers of it, even death metal covers of it that kind of ruled. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, it kind of needed this era of Disney subverting the fairy tales instead of telling them straight in order well, to get made. Uh, That's not quite it. Yeah. But. Frozen isn't a subverted fairy tale. It's a fairy tale that has some slightly snarky things to say, but it's pretty genuine. It's yeah. not a Shrek. No, it's definitely not Shrek. And um, honestly, I even this is from someone who thinks Shrek deserves some level of respect. It's still a very specific type of. 
I heard some people like four, though. I, mean, I didn't see that one. I was so done with Shrek by the time the third one rolled around, though. Yeah, anyway. People keep saying the new Puss, is, Puss in Boots is good, but I haven't watched it. I've, I've heard that its animation is incredible. Uh, but we're talking about is, I heard the story is surprisingly interesting. Anyways, yeah. Yeah. So basically, it really, if you look at the production, they kept coming up against the fact that either the story was too dark or they're making a story where the characters were too light and fluffy. And the problem was they kept trying to make the one character the villain. So... Fortunately, the character that they landed on to be the actual villain is, I would say, one of the more interesting villains in the Disney canon in that it is the Prince Charming is the villain. Yeah, that's why I was talking about a subverted fairy tale, because that's a very thing to do to subvert a fairy. Well, I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, that is a thing. It's just I think this is more of the if if it if Frozen's one sin, it made the twist villains a little too popular for the Disney writer. Oh, yeah. It starts happening all the fucking time in Disney animated films from this point on. Uh, like to the point where Song Won Cho in one of his videos made the I'm Johnson Smith from early on in the movie joke about the Disney villains at this point. <laughs> I mean, Encanto had a simpler twist. Oh, yeah. Encanto has had a much better twist of there is no villain. The family is just kind of shitty. <laughs> <laughs> no, the family is the family is kind of broken, needs some time to fix themselves. Yeah. Encanto is the best Umineko adaptation we've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, Kagi is out there. Encanto is an actual Umineko adaptation. <laughs> That's my point. That's my argument. <laughs> all, right, all right. Strange World had probably the weirdest version of the of the um, twist villain. I haven't seen Strange World yet. What did they do? Well, it turns out that oil is the villain. <laughs> OK, but it's basically there's a giant hive plant thing which they're using for power. But since their world is actually a giant turtle, that it's actually it's a parasite sucking away the plants, their world's life. Huh. Okay. Strange World struggles. There's a lot I like in it, but I feel it's not very well gelled, sadly. And and honestly, there's a lot I liked in it. Why can't we just have simple villains like Hexus from Fern Gully? (laughs) (laughs) Because Tim Curry doesn't seem to do much anymore. I think he's kind of done doing work. (laughs) Anyway, the second Frozen movie, the villain was colonialism, and they didn't quite nail it on how they were delivering it. So it was kind of a meh movie. (laughs) Mm hmm. Well, also, Olaf got really into uh, homeopathy, oh. and that's a problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Frozen 2 is such a weird movie. I wanted it to be good, and it's got some good songs in it. But man, it is not that great. <laughs> it is strange, and it kind of has a problem I've seen with other sequels that suddenly decides it doesn't want to work with certain characters, but it doesn't want to get rid of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kristoff literally gets one song saying how I've been dropped from the plots. Yeah, it's such a, it's a hilarious movie. song, but <laughs> anyway, in order to get to the frozen world, we have to fly through a giant uh, set of spiky glaciers in space. Spaciers. As we approach, the glacier metamorphotizes, thanks, Goof, into a glacial fortress heartless. Metamorphotizes. I found out that you can actually bypass this particular heartless boss and get to the world without fighting it because I accidentally did that. And I'm like, yep. wait, where where is this boss? Yep. If you go around the glacier, you can avoid this entirely, as we discovered, I think, when we were playing at your place. Mm. But but yeah, when I encountered it, I have in my notes. Fucking heck. It's a cool battle. Oh, yeah. Gosh, what is it? It's just like, how is this thing a heartless? First of all, because uh, what we are fighting is just like a giant heartless foot. 
full-on castle battlements and all that. What the fuck turns into this when it becomes a heartless? I mean, there's <laughs> ships everywhere out here in, in space, in, in, in gummy sh- ship world. So oh, I'm saying it's Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine's hmm. heartless. Hmm. Well, I'm looking at it. Now you got me thinking. <laughs> it's a bunch of heartless together. It has like multiple faces. So it's actually like a colony of corals, like like heartless corals. Interesting read. I feel like we're destroying space's environment then. <laughs> I mean, have you flown around collecting electrums yet? Because that will feel like you're destroying space's environment. <laughs> yeah, this game mostly Damascus. You'll worry about electrums a bit later, I think. Um, Maybe. Anyway, from finding that thing, it's a short space hop to Arendelle. Let's go to Arendelle. Well, well, first we're not allowed in there, so we're out in the woods. Yep. Yeah, we never actually get to go to Arendelle specifically. This entire thing takes place in the mountains behind Arendelle. I believe we start immediately in like a battle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we open with our trio fighting some heartless. It's a winter wonderland. It's cold. So Sora asks Donald for a coat. And in a wonderful exchange, Donald just says the magic doesn't work that way. Good night. <laughs> yep. Apparently, Donald's magic is only for turning us into horrifying abominations and has no actual convenient uses. And I'd say Goofy immediately just starts mocking Sora for not wanting hypothermia. Yeah, Sora's too used to the beach is what their argument is. Yeah. He even says, oh, I'm an islander. <laughs> yep. At least Donald didn't end up deciding that we all needed to be Olaf-style snowmen for this world. God, can you imagine that? Can you imagine, like, <laughs> if they had to be forcibly changed to fit this particular world to be, like, weird snow creatures? <laughs> Olaf's face is already kind of... I don't know, weird and ducky in some ways. We'll get to Olaf in a bit. Donald denies involvement in freezing over the lake that they see that the the water is icing over. Well, technically, it's the fjord, so it's the ocean freezing. And that's another problem altogether. We go check to see what's going on, and we find a woman with silver hair in a purple cloak running across the water, freezing it as she goes. Wait, does that mean that Donald is pining for the fjords? (laughs) (laughs) No, we aren't doing that. Sora notices that that the girl looks sad and we immediately get the title card for Arendelle. Yep. Let's go. I just like that Sora can tell sadness from from 200 bases. Sora is just the ultimate good boy. That's his power. Like, because he is the ultimate good boy, he can tell when anyone is feeling sad. He's a meddler. And because he's the ultimate good boy, he's going to do really badly in the killing game. Yeah, (laughs) we can't make that reference quite yet. (laughs) Sora is definitely a meddler, so we have to follow her. (laughs) <laughs> yep. All right. So let's get into this world. The snow is pretty. Yeah. The music is nice. But this world is hiding a dark secret. It is incredibly mid. <laughs> now, John, say up front, I know we're near as hostile to this world as you are. Yeah. Basically, I dislike Corona more because I think it's worse overall, though I do agree that this world is a gameplay mess. It kind of makes me laugh in other pros- other aspects enough that doesn't that I can sort of forgive it a little further. That's At right. least it's not as obviously a hallway as Corona is. It's too much of a vertical hallway to kind of it kind of makes things a little bit messed up at from time. To yeah. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so let's head up into the mountains where a bunch of adorable beantlered creature heartless come prancing down to fight us. And I mean, oh no, Sven. <laughs> I call them beantlered because like they appear to be a strange mixture of reindeer and moose. And they're <laughs> kind of weirdly puffy. They're kind of like idealized weird deer monsters. Yeah. They're cute. I like them. Their names are Winterhorn. I feel like Disney missed a chance to call it the Matterhorns, but 
Yep. We find out that you can hop on top of snowballs and roll them around by walking backwards on them in order to uh, damage Heartless. It's not the first thing Sora was able to do that with. What is the first thing? I mean, he's been able to do it with other balls and stuff in other worlds, as I recall. Hmm. Has he? I know he's been rolling on barrels. He doesn't roll on barrels. He just uses barrels to break dance. Yeah, I know that that uh, Flynn rolls on barrels. I think you're thinking yeah. of that. Hmm. Yeah. It's cool to use those because if you get those snowballs big enough by rolling around on them enough distance, they drop frost gems. It's a decent enough way to get some rare materials if you are diligent with rolling them around. Anyway, we catch up to the woman. I have in my notes. She is bothered by our presence. She was like, what are you doing here? Also, how are you not cold? (laughs) And and again, I just continue to have this joy at knowing questions the duck and dog. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Do you think there's like a perception filter over that they don't see them as animals? (laughs) You know, I hadn't thought about that. Maybe Donald looks like just this really short guy with with flat feet and a big nose. Hell, does Sora see them as animals? I mean, we know Sora just thinks he has a funny face. Wow, that's 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 getting a little bit. Reality is warped. Yes. (laughs) Donald and Goofy give Sora the stink eye when he fails to withhold information about where he's from. Order. That's where he's from. At least he's not from Skyland. We never hear the end of that then. Hey, wait. The main character of the new Precure season. It's Sora. Fuck. <laughs> so, 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 and this sword, and he, and we know he wants to be a true hero. Yeah, that is a joke that is pretty much just for us too, though. <laughs> Very much so. I'm okay with it. The woman introduces herself as Elsa, Queen of Arendelle, which causes Donald and Goofy to go completely into obsequious noblesse oblige mode. Yeah, I wrote it down as it causes our dipshits to snap to attention, but Sora was a bit slower on the uptake. It's pretty funny. Like they just like they just jump into their standing at attention. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sora does try to go into like a like same as them, but, you know, it's not as automatic. Yeah. So this is kind of funny. I mean, Sora really is not used to the idea of royalty, considering the first thing that he's ever encountered that is royalty is fucking Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Wait, no, no, he encountered other royalty. He encountered all the princesses of heart, but he never was encouraged to, like, show them respect. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, he's only used to Donald and Goofy showing respect to Mickey. And now and Elsa. usually heavily disrespecting Sora to do it. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> Alice is like, you should you need to go away. But Sora thinks she could use a friend because it's Sora. What else would he think she needs? <laughs> Keyblade? That's not how Sora sees the world. Sora sees the world in terms of friendship. You're right. Well, she needs is a, is a good fake smile. Oh, no. <laughs> Which, by the way, would be the worst possible lesson for Elsa at this point for her plot. Yes, absolutely. 100 percent. No question. Elsa has just. So let's quickly. So because this world keeps the story at arm's length, let's talk about what has happened up yeah. to the point in Elsa's life. Unlike Corona, which kind of very weirdly gives chunks of plot, this just sort of leaves it off. Basically, Elsa's fleeing because the secret she spent most of her life hiding has been traumatically revealed. And she's running away in a blind panic of people's fear and also not wanting to hurt anyone. As she's doing this, she is also freezing the entire kingdom over. Basically, because her power is just leaking out uncontrollably. Yeah, she has absolutely no control over the fact that she has this crazy ice magic. Yes. And we even have the fact that she's missing one of the gloves she always wears because she freezes things on touch. And because that happened in the movie as well. So basically, what happens in the movie is Elsa just kind of 
she just as she runs, she gets more and more into her own head, and that leads to her big number. But first, apparently, she has to talk to this weird kid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. For no good reason, she is encountering a weird kid and two weird animals in the mountain. And even though she's trying to get rid of this, Sora is too much of a good boy to just like let her go. I'm imagining Elsa, and even worse, um, perception filter is just she's seeing Donald and Goofy like we see Kristoff with Sven with Sora awkwardly speaking <laughs> for them. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Sora just walks over to Donald's mouth and just opens up and down. Hello, my name is Donald Duck. <laughs> <laughs> Donald, you do lose your temper a lot. What? I don't do that. <laughs> Maybe that's why Elsa, within 30 seconds, is shooting ice spikes at us. Yeah, yeah. It seems like she kind of loses her cool and accidentally conjures those ice spikes without truly intending to. Because sure, her thought is basically she wants to push these people away. Yep. Well, it's basically the exact same image we saw when her powers were revealed. Like she lashes out in frustration, someone arguing with her and just kind of with a wave of her hand, just shoots out this little fence, this fence of things. And then more heartless appear and we are kept at arm's length from interacting with Elsa for the first time in this world. Not the last. I'm going to harp on this a lot. This is what pisses me off about this world so much. Anyway, there's a big fight with a rock troll as a mini boss and yep. a bunch of little helpers. We encountered a rock troll very early on in Olympus, and they haven't seen one since to the point where I'm like, hey, is this a new Heartless when I was playing after taking a bit of a break? <laughs> nope, it is just a reused Heartless. So, yeah, as the fight goes through after it, like Elsa's thanking them kind of mm -hmm. quite a moment, but then they get jumped by another Winterhorn. Yep. Uh, and Elsa, Elsa just like reaction, just blasts it with it with ice shards. Yep. Sora thinks the ice is clue, but Elsa just thinks she hurts people. You can use Blizzard without the reaction command. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Alice is like, yeah. I was like, no, no, seriously. Like, Alice is like, this power is terrible. And so I was like, no, I used like 10 ice spells in the last fight. Yeah, check this shit out. <laughs> Look, I can rail <laughs> I, grind. I never actually saw Frozen, but it really does seem like Elsa has a complex about her powers, which from what Jared has said about the movie, then yes, it makes perfect sense that she does. Yep. She's terrified of her powers. Let's be clear. Mm -hmm. Give you a little more detail. She almost killed her little sister when they were kids and then was told by some relatively bad advice that fear is her enemy. And her parents interpreted that to kind of teach her with good intentions that she needs to hide her power so she can probably control them. So, uh-huh. And this becomes, she becomes such a shut-in. She's estranged from her sister who spends all their time living in the shutdown, shut-off castle. So, yeah. We'll learn, about, we'll learn about that a bit more later. Goofy says that it was okay that that was hurt because it was a heartless. Because remember, violence is okay if you're beating up monsters. That's a JRPG guarantee. I mean, heartless are hostess humani generis, so yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? General enemies of humanity. It comes from treaties talking about how pirates were basically shoot on sight for anyone. And I would say heartless very much of that way. I mean, nobody's got developments. Heartless have never, ever been questioned to be anything other than destructive monsters. So, <laughs> yeah. Point. Yeah. So I have in my notes, Elsa is curious about the Heartless and wishes to subscribe to our newsletter. <laughs> I don't know why like, I wrote it in that specific way, but I did. She's like, you said that word before. And, and Elsa just kind of keeps repeating back things like they're after hearts. It is a very awkward attempt to try and be like, hey, this is a, this also is part of the world. Don't you want to learn more about it? No, I just want to go up into the mountain. <laughs> well, she argues that everyone's safer without her, which, again, is about right for her viewpoint at this point. Yeah. 
So and then a second we try to follow her as she runs off, she just creates a giant glacier wall. Yep. Mm. And then who should show up to block us from following? But Larxene. The ice was all ready to block us from following, but Larxene comes to just make it worse. Oh, yes. Yep. Because Larxene's job is to make everything worse. Everything better, you mean? Larxene is the best org member. I love that Sora is really working on that on that pattern recognition skill. That that coat, that's an organization coat. Yes, <laughs> he's finally figured it out. He's doing. Well. I love he asks if she's new and she actually gets pissed for a second. Larxene is very annoyed that we forgot her, despite the fact she is one of the people well, that made us forget her. She remembers. She just gets she's just offended for a second. One of these days, Sora is just going to see Diz in the organization coat and beat him upside the head with a keyblade before asking any questions. <laughs> well, I just say like I just made the Axel never gets friendly fired. Sora claims he doesn't care what her name is unless it's Terra, which pisses her off and she eats some light and yet ice and transforms into a thing to wall us in. This <laughs> keeps us at our belief from the story. For the second time in this world. Somehow, Larxene has knows how to use lightning to psychokinetically control ice and to create a giant rip in space and time and just this gigantic labyrinth of ice fields. Well, water is a polar molecule. You can manipulate it using electromagnetism. I guess that's the what we're she going to do. have that with. much ice to work with. That being <laughs> said, she was also pretty annoyed to use ice, probably because it reminds her of Vexen. That makes sense, because Vexen. So anyway, yeah, as Matt was saying, we come to in a weird ice labyrinth. And the only note about this place was ice labyrinth sucks. Oh, boy, does it. It's like they're playing around with random um, flow motion actions to like shift to shift this maze. That, but just kind of this semi cramped dark area where you have too many heartless fights. It just goes on for way too long. Don't forget nobodies. There's a new nobody in the cavern, the ninja. Just sort of confirming what Larxene's uh, class is. The ninjas are actually quite annoying because they have a move that will knock you out of a combo. It's a big electricity aura thing. Well, yeah, it's a just a one big time wasting contrivance of level design to keep us at arm's length from the story. I hate it. I don't like it at all. At the end, spinning a pillar locks everything into place, which Donald says that better be the end of it. And I have in my notes, I'm on Donald's wavelength in this world. Arxene is grounded. <laughs> no. There are a few new Heartless in the Labyrinth, just a bunch of varieties of Popcat, Vitality, Magic, and Focus. So, I think the original Popcats just dropped money, right? Yeah. Uh, there's one interesting lucky emblem in the Labyrinth, a rock arrangement towards the end. And that is oh boy. the most interesting rocks. thing in the entire uh, Labyrinth. I hate it. It's rocks. Yes. Mm. Well, finally, we make our way out of the weird portal. I still question how Larxene did any of this. Before we advance, Goofy has this to say if we walk close to the portal that we came out of. You know, from here, we might be able to go back to that maze we were trapped in. You want to go back in? Goofy, Goofy just, he just likes yeah. to point things out. He's figured yeah. stuff out and he wants to show it. He's trying to be helpful, but I'm on Donald's wavelength in this world. Why would you ever want to go back in there? Maybe you need to get all your lucky emblems or treasure chests. Do not, uh, I... It is so bad to go back into that place, by the way. It's awful. <laughs> anyway, we make it to the ridge and a cutscene starts. Hey, guys, remember that song from the movie, Let It Go? Yeah. How would you like to see a version where they've literally just copied the entire animation into the game engine and Sora down the Goofy are just kind of hanging out over there? Yep. Uh, yeah. So the whole point of the video is that Elsa spontaneously creates life while coming to grips with her identity as a lesbian. <laughs> so and then, and then she has to do it again in Frozen 2. 
Oh, yes. There is one slightly interesting thing about this version of this video, by the way. There was an animation error in the original uh, movie. Well, it's not an error. It was actually a cheat. At the end, Elsa, when she undoes her hair, she pulls her ponytail forward. They literally couldn't figure out how to not have it just go through her arm without breaking the model. So so this time they actually and it's still a different cheat because they have her hair just sort of pop up alongside it. I've watched it. It's a smoother motion, but still kind of a cheat, I think. They still fixed it for this, or at least they they changed how it looks and make it look less awkward for this piece. Yeah, it's weird. but just the it fact is. that it's them running along like 30 feet behind Elsa, not accomplishing anything. Yep, they're just photobombing the song the entire time. Yeah, they, they have one or two lines like, I heard something. And then at the, and then at the end, where she's just, you know, slammed the door to face the world and they were out there. It's like, that was something. Yep. Hmm. My, my thoughts were, so Elsa's going to join our party, right? She's a cool ice mage and easily the breakout character of Frozen that everyone would love to have in their party. Then I also realized that I was watching this cutscene as Seattle was completely frozen over as a part of Winterstorm Elliot back in December. It will never bother me anyway. Uh, yeah, I, you know where I live. I have enough to jokes about Elsa punching us in the face every winter. So thanks. OK, so Winter, <laughs> Winterstorm Elliot was amusing because literally it wasn't just like a huge snowstorm. That, no, it was a ice storm. I went out to my car and it was caked in like a half inch of ice. Yeah. And what is I showed you have one of those a couple months ago. The car had yeah, yeah. hard candy coating. Yeah. <laughs> it was ice. kind of freaky. I tried walking to coffee and it was a bad idea. True. Yeah, those yeah. in Wisconsin every so often too. It was pretty nasty. But yeah, but where I am, I said, well, we can get random mixes of both of them. And if they decide to hit hard, it's a nightmare. Seattle almost never gets it. So yeah, it was very yeah. bad. Anyway. So, uh, we're, so, yeah, they're just staring up at Elsa's giant new castle. Yep. Goofy notes that Elsa looked a lot happier in that song. Which is funny because I was in the argument that song is actually another form of denial, all things considered, because she's arguing she doesn't need anyone. But that part's still not true. Like she's found a step, but she still ends up in kind of a place that isn't right. Yep. Before we can go to explore the castle and congratulate Elsa, we are kept at arm's length for the third time when Larxene shows up to Larxene all over the place. I just love she says, please tell me you're not spying on her now. <laughs> Larxene is just plot blocking Sora at this point. Yep. Larxene explains that Elsa might be one of the new seven pure hearts. It's just called the new seven hearts. Yeah, the seven pure lights, the new seven hearts. It's just <laughs> whatever. I don't care whatever kind of jargon the fucking organization wants to use. They are harassing women and it sucks. <laughs> I mean, she's arguing that we're harassing women and she's trying to True. stop us. Yeah. Yep. If Elsa believes her magic is evil, it will become darkness, is Arkane's argument. I mean, we do see some evidence of that. I mean, yeah, if Elsa falls into despair, she'll become a blasphemy. No, no, <laughs> no. Yep. Larxene doesn't want to fuck around and find out, so she just blasts us off the mountain with lightning, wind, and ice. I guess if you do lightning, you just get a whole bunch of storm powers, so. Yeah, I guess so. She does have a great line here. You want to help her? Then stop trying to be her hero. Let her figure things out in her own way. And I'm like, I feel like Larxene is actually right here. If Sora were to fix Elsa's problems for her, that would severely undercut the message of Frozen. I mean, so how many yeah. times has Sora self-inserting into stories undercut the core message of that story? Hmm. Can we discuss? Let's think about it. Yes. <laughs> All right. It, well, it does seem to happen a lot, actually. Like Lion King kind of. <laughs> yeah. Lion King, like basically, again, Sora just tried to take over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when that and when that didn't work out, yeah, he, uh, 
And apparently he did such a poor job hyping it up. The guy fell into complete depression and imposter syndrome a, a week later. Yep. I don't know if it undercuts Winnie the Pooh, but he does kind of just wholesale replace Christopher Robin and stop any development from happening there. Uh, I mean, Winnie the Pooh, it's kind of a very calm, not quite static, but very settled world. So, yeah, yeah I don't think we need to worry about Winnie the Pooh here. Yeah. How about Mulan? Well, Mulan is just a mess anyways, because it kind of like Sora made everything worse by by being slightly better at everything. Yeah. I don't think Sora fucked up the Nightmare Before Christmas. No, Jack's good at that on his own. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to mess around with Jack in that one. He didn't really do much to, like, break things in Wonderland or Deep Jungle. We've completely erased Deep Jungle from existence thanks to the... The lawyer power. <laughs> the power of lawyers, yes. Like you mean you mean right you mean you mean the Burroughs estate, right, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, Burroughs okay. Estate. That's it. Um how about uh, Aladdin? How has Sora's inf- influence affected Aladdin? He does kind of like Steal mess up Genie? all of the plots, really. He kind of steals Genie, but that's just sort of by him coming along. Um yeah. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it's kinda of, it's most of the time Sora just kind of fails to get anything accomplished. Good point. He helps in his own way, but he doesn't change the story's plots. He's just kind Did of Sora friend. mess up the world ends with you or the hunchback of Notre Dame. I don't think he could because those worlds were sleeping. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, hunchback that basically kind of went as is. They fall into the same trap of Court of Miracles that was in the original stories. So I can't blame Sora for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah well, so maybe it's I not mean, that big of a problem. Yeah, it does kind of mess up Pinocchio, like actually now that I'm thinking about it. Does he know? Eh. I don't know. I feel I feel like this is kind of unfortunately it's kind of struggling. I don't want to cut it. I think this is an interesting discussion and maybe we'll get some people. We are only three people that there are many more people out there that could have better answers. Well, I think you messed up the time stream and timeless river and you can't convince me otherwise there. Oh, absolutely. 100 (laughs) percent. That is why we have the mini games right now that have Sora in them. That time loop actually taught Xehanort how to do it. Yep. (laughs) The blast. So the blast sends us down the mountain. And Sora wakes up to Donald and Goofy comedy crash into the snow. I believe they're like Donald's like his rear sticking out and Goofy just his hands are just kind of clenching out of a pile. And then Goofy hears something and we look behind to see a giant avalanche coming in our way that appears to be made of Draco liches. So, yeah, so then Goofy's like, well, I've been a sled before. (laughs) Yep. It's time for a sledding mini game. I was kind of mentioning that some mini games are clearly conceived of first and then shoehorned into the game. But this is clearly a prime example of them creating a minigame out of what happened in the game here. So, yeah, the sledding minigame. Yep. We escape a bunch of Heartless. Uh, we make it to a repeatable section of the sledding part. Like, we're running from Avalanche. Ooh, collecting things. <laughs> the funny thing is that the first time you go through it, you can't collect anything because nothing's there. Mm-hmm. I have in my notes. That was fun. Hope the sledding minigame doesn't wear out its welcome with completionism objectives. Huh. 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 Yeah. Honestly, uh, this is probably the, the time when I actually lost my cool with pivot to video on the Internet. Oh. Because because the thing is, when I was doing this game for uh, the first time and was looking for stuff about how to get all of the numbered items, the numbered items in the minigame, the sledding minigame here. I was looking for just a map 
to see where they were. Yeah. And none of that didn't exist at, at that time. I don't know if it, it doesn't. Still. It still doesn't exist now. And all I could find are videos with them showing all of the different paths. And I'm like, you know, what? OK, this t- this is taking you 20 minutes to communicate what I could have seen in about less than a minute to if you just made a freaking map. Now, here's the thing. Uh, I really like HTML um, guides on GameFAQs right now. They're my favorite kind of guides because they're usually way better written than the shit you'll find on sh- stuff like Jagged or uh, Game Radar. Game Radar, like any of those. Uh, but the guide for Kingdom Hearts 3 that is an HTML guide still has pivot to video it links inside their vi- guide for this. Thanks. Well, that's yeah. concerning. Uh, but if you collect all the numbered items on the slopes, which you will have to... You have access to this minigame after you complete this world. You can get an Oracalcum Plus. The Rebind DLC added tracking so you know how far you are along in this process. It's the only bone thrown to you for doing this. This sucks. It might be the <laughs> worst minigame in the game. So, yeah. So then we fight all the Frost Serpents. Yep. Winning unlocks double flight. Yay, we can double jump. I think we're going to have to use it. Oh, yeah. After all that, as if to make it feel like we didn't accomplish anything, another avalanche immediately happens. Yep, we are swept even further down and we awaken to hear the voice of Josh Gad. I don't know who Josh Gad is other than clearly the voice of Olaf. Uh, what's always the easiest way to explain? Um, so Josh Gad is a Broadway musical star, star being a kind of uh, relative term here. Yeah, but it's a fair one. He's very popular. Let's just say he's typecast in very specific ways. The character that he plays with Olaf is kind of the character that he plays on stage as well. Like, um, Matt, like the first thing he came to note is, is from Book of Mormon. Mm-hmm. You know anything about that musical? Isn't that the one that was directed by uh, by Jack Black? No, no. no. That's, uh, that's School, School of Rock, Rock, I believe. Book of Mormon is the one that's connected to the South Park guys. Uh, it's also the best thing they've ever written. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's... A- Actually, fantastic. It's worth listening to the music from it. And partly because like, the guy who did the music along with two of them is also the guy who did the music for Frozen. Yes. Mm. So uh, Josh Gad is kind of a portly guy. Yeah, he's stocky, but not like heavy. Like he's yeah. not as heavy as Jack Black, for example. Yeah. Um, and like he has this particular high pitched, whimsical voice that he affects when he's mm-hmm. in character. Yeah, I can tell that from Olaf. He he does that very well. He, he, he can speak lower, Olaf. He's speaking a little higher, but but yeah, he's been a lot of other things. He has this weird, like, really excited uh, half squeal voice is what I want to call it. So, yeah, Olaf is very much just like, hey, what if we put Josh Gad and put him into the mascot for our movie and try to market based on him? <laughs> Which, is, like, to me, I almost did not see Frozen because I'm like, oh, that's that annoying snowman movie. <laughs> and then people are like, no, wait, it's actually good. Go see it. <laughs> so I would not have seen this movie if I only knew it as the annoying snowman movie. And now let's hang out with that annoying snowman for a bit. <laughs> yes, because he is popular for among kids. So, yeah, so we have Josh Gad, the snowman. OK, let's just start calling him all off again. He's just walking around. He's clearly commenting on the colors of the fallen figures in front of him, and how much he likes the colors. Notably, he's hobbling around on one foot. And then he asks the spiky grass to return his foot. Yeah. And we literally see him pull that, that, like that, snow, that snow pile off Sora's head. Yeah. Like his anime hair spike has a big snowball stuck in it. 
is kind of great. <laughs> I will admit. Silly spiky grass. Give me back my foot. <laughs> so it was like a snowman? Yep. It just walks off. Donald and Goofy wake up and Sora's just like, did you guys see it? The talking snowman? Donald immediately calls bullshit. Yep. I mean, Donald's been a snowman. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it made Christmas time, so. Yeah. Yeah, both of them are worried that Sor- about Sora's well-being here. They think he's seeing things. He fell down on his head one too many times. We've seen that his hair is so solid that apparently he can just impale things. So it must protect him from, must cushion him as well. <laughs> Snowmen exist. Ooh, ooh. Oh, boy. No. So Sora, now, because of what he's seen, he's basically forgotten everything that's happened the last hour. Yeah, let's go find that snowman instead. <laughs> Giant, uh, squirrel. <laughs> yep. We find the snowman almost immediately following a man, a woman, and a reindeer. Donald's just shocked. Yeah. <laughs> Sora runs up to play with the snowman, and the others the snowman was with turn around and glare at this dumb kid that is clearly not dressed for this climate. <laughs> How are you not dead? Yep. <laughs> the woman asks the snowman if he knows us, and the snowman has a great line. I don't know anyone who's blue, green, or spiky. Sora's upset to be identified by hair and not color. Spiky, my hair? <laughs> so now we're going to have some introductions. Yep. Uh, we learn the feet. This is Anna, Kristoff, Olaf the Snowman, and Sven the Reindeer. Why do people not get worried when when Kristoff speaks for Sven? Uh, well, <laughs> again, like you said, there is that reality distortion field. Maybe that's how they see Sora talking with Donald. And it's just normal. This is what how people act. I mean, Anna should be terrified. She's surrounded by by schizophrenics. In trails, there are. No less than two animals that we've met so far that have people speak for them. Not so much speak for them, but like they actually like they make animal noises and characters with special perception can understand the animals. That's different. Are you sure not making? Are you sure they're not making it up? <laughs> it would be difficult. It would be difficult. Yes, the animals seem to uh, seem to agree with what is being said for them. So. <laughs> I like it goofy, by the way. Like, I'd be Goofy the Green. Greatest yep. of the Ishtari Wizards. Harold <laughs> <laughs> the Devar. Yep. Standing, in, standing in force against the enemy of the world. Our squad explains what happened with Elsa and Anna decides to trust Sora with no basis. She literally goes, I just met you. I get the feeling you're someone to trust. Sora has resting trust face. <laughs> Kristoff doesn't need to be in the scene anymore, so he goes off to look for Moss for Sven and takes Olaf with them. So, yeah, that happens. Uh, Sora sits down with Anna, who decides to narrate her backstory in an in-engine version of the other song from Frozen that's really famous, Do You Want to Build a Snowman? Now, this scene is kind of bad. <laughs> yeah, it's a mess. It starts with just her narrating some of the story in a very fast, very unclear way. yeah. And then we just get like one of the verses of the song after some of the scene goes on. And then she continues narrating over the song while the song is still going on. Yeah. And then she just starts singing it in the present. And yeah, Sora, doesn't, like, Sora can't see inside her head. He doesn't know what she was thinking about. Yeah, this is I would say this is the most confusing directorial choice in this entire game. <laughs> Not to mention she's literally because this part of the song, it's the sad part of, of do you want to build a snowman? And just like the rest of it, she's addressing someone directly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Sora's like, I, she knows I'm in here. What? <laughs> Sora then decides to connect Anna's backstory to his own relationship with Riku. 
Yep. Yeah. Oh, your sister was sad at Hidor. My friend sacrificed himself to the realm of darkness. <laughs> the same. Then Kristoff comes running up because we need him in the scene again. Olaf has broken apart in the two minutes it took for that entire scene to happen. Yeah, remember, this scene is shorter than the song, which is three to four minutes. And yep. there's no reason to believe any time has passed. And so is it time for a random time wasting section? I think it's time for a random time wasting section. Big Dow's like, how come you're not upset your friend is dismembered? <laughs> we'll just put him. It's no big deal. We'll put it back together. It's like, wow. Yep. Yep. Donald has this helpful line as we look for Olaf's body parts. Everything looks like Olaf. <laughs> it gets annoying because he says it several times, usually. Yeah. Yep. So you have to find Olaf's head, which is inside a giant snowball. I think you have to roll into a wall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His legs, which you find skating around on the ice, and his body. How did he get this split apart? What were they doing? I have no idea. And what's more, there are multiple wrong bodies and one correct body. Lots of coal. Yeah, the wrong bodies are kind of funny. So there's this fucking giant snowball that just makes him really teetery. Because it's his middle section. So he's like, why are you so tiny? Then he falls over. Yep. Uh, There's a muddy ball, which causes Olaf to treat it like he's getting a summer tan. I I almost thought we could just go with that one at first. Yeah. Uh, And then there's this weird oblong snowball, which also just kind of like makes him tall and also wobbly. And he falls over. I just don't understand how snow can form into a shape like that. Uh, Who knows? uh, I mean, it's like a it's like a Tetris piece that's been bent 10 degrees. Anyway, once we get his real body, it's the most hidden of them, all of them, of course. This time-wasting section is finally over, but his nose is still gone. So the cutscene has to keep going because, of course, Sven took it. Sora learns that Kristoff had a sad, lonely childhood where his only friend was a non-verbal creature, so he fills in the gaps by giving the animal voiceover. That's sad. If only he had a pow fruit to share with someone. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I do like the just imagine Sora just... In his chipper way, imagining people's circumstances because mm-hmm. mm. he's empathetic, but he's also kind of yeah. silly. Uh, Heartless show up and we are kept at arm's length from the characters for the fourth time. Yeah, we just they just run off and we fight again. Yep. Uh, there's a new Heartless in the area, the Helm's body. I have in my notes the checkpointing on this part of the mountain is ass. Yeah, basically, there aren't any checkpoints for the entire screen. The entire basically side up the mountain is one screen. Yep. Uh, and any death will put you back to the start of this. And you don't even get to keep your XP and items or anything like that. Matt managed to get through it in one shot. I did not because guess what? Even though I like to play games on hard, that doesn't mean I'm good at them. (laughs) I'm just extremely tenacious and persistent. (laughs) So finally, we make it up the side of the mountain and we find Anna confronting Elsa. I mean, Sora doesn't find it. They find Sven with his tongue stuck to a railing. They just kind of stay there. Yep. Yeah. So I have in my notes, you could just tell the hands of the Disney execs being just a bit too protective of the story with how much they're required to stick close to the story while also being held at arm's length. Inside the castle, where we are not, Elsa pierces Anna's chest with ice magic. And we just have to wonder what's going on outside. Yeah, so we don't get any of the context of this, like how this is the third act um, conflict, so... Yeah. We're just kind of wandering along after, toddling towards it. Yep. And in fact, even before we can get in, a giant ice golem bursts out, tosses Anna, Kristoff, and Olaf out of the palace. He's the official ice palace bouncer. Well, yep. very much so. 
And then Anna, again, just copying the movie again, does her bit where feisty Kristen Bell throws a snowball at it, which, of course, enrages it. Yep. We run away. Antics. Yep. Yeah, we run away for more antics further down the mountain. Sora wonders where Goofy is, and Goofy has an idea. It's time for another heat equation. And he sees a tree bent by presumably an avalanche or snowstorm. He's kind of working at it. And then Sora helps him hold it down, like kind of like they're clinging to it, keeping from popping forward. Mm-hmm. And then when Marshmallow comes by in order to attack them, they release the tree and it slaps him in the face. Yep. Frankly, it just kind of pisses him off. Yep. We fight it with Sora opening up with this line. Bring it, Snowball. This is why, despite this goal, his name being Marshmallow, my brain has permanently fine replaced it with Snowball every time I try to talk about this fucking guy. Because of your strong, bad voice for Donald, I can't help if Marshmallow infringes on Marshy's trademark somehow. Probably not. <laughs> I don't. I mean, Marshy doesn't exist. <laughs> and he can't hurt you. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? <laughs> Marshmallow Just, fight. Marshmallow yes. fight. His super armor is kind of nonsense. Basically, he'll randomly do his spike up form. He gets lots of extra spikes on his body, get a super armor bar, and then just kind of berserk charges you over and over again. Yep. Uh, if he's not in super armor form, you can use the tree trick to stun him or fire. Yeah, his patterns aren't especially hard, but he hits like a fucking truck. Jeez. Yeah, my strategy for it was essentially to save all my magic and shot lock gauge for when the super armor happened to try to get him out of it really fast and then just aggressively take down his life bar as much as I could. Mm-hmm. Winning unlocks Blazara, finally getting the Aras, all of them. Hmm. Yep. So we're pushed back to the cliff. <laughs> yep. Marshmallow smashes the cliff and guess what? We fall down the mountain again. Is this a getting over it level or a letting go of it level? Uh, I have to say, I kind of like to the animate Marshmallow getting like a crafty look on his face. <laughs> that he, he doesn't have that much flexibility to it. Just kind of likes he looks at the ground, kind of does a weird half smirk mouth gape. And he just he just this knocks us off by breaking the cliff. I actually kind of like Marshmallow better than Olaf from this world, just because. Oh, Marshmallow's a way cooler design. <laughs> I don't know. Why did she, why did Elsa make a big, scary bouncer snowman and then the doofy? Uh, well, Olaf is Olaf is their childhood memory that they had made him with the kids and she kind of makes him unconsciously during Let It Go. You can barely see it in the game version. And then he just came to life. And then when she's trying to chase away Anna and Kristoff after she actually blasts her as she freaks out, her magic kind of unconsciously creates marshmallow. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's aggressive and pushed away. He's literally the formation of leave me alone. Yeah, exactly. We cut to Sora lying in the snow face up. <laughs> and we have this little exchange. Good thing snow's so soft. We could do this a hundred times. No, let's not. Uh, you sure you don't want to go again? No, thank you. <laughs> I have in my notes for each of those lines. Please no. Same buddy. Fuck you. In that order. <laughs> I know Goofy just is so used to falling off stuff. It doesn't bother me. Like, oh, yeah. The <laughs> yep. It's so true. So finally, oh, we've got to go back to the palace again. I just want to say how it's so fun to see Sora pissed off and annoyed. Yeah, it's so rare to see it. It's pretty This funny. is the third time we have to go up the mountain, right? Well, fortunately, we don't get it there. Yeah. 
Yeah, because further down the mountain, as we try and find a path back up, we find a random guy, Fireman, carrying Elsa. Remember, we talked about the villain who was an interesting subversion of Prince Charming. That's him. Wave to him because we're not going to see much of him. Yeah. <laughs> Prince Hans of the Southern Islands. Couldn't be bothered to give him a single line. Yeah. This is probably the most confusing decision about this game thing to me. Yeah. I mean, to some degree, it's actually to me, it's a little bit better than Mother Gothel because at least it's not a hacked up, confused version of her. It's just kind of like, here's this guy. You're going to find him. <laughs> yeah, I was just kind of like, wait, who the hell is this? What is happening? Because I have not seen the film. The core idea of Hans is that he I for, he's not betrothed to Elsa. He's the youngest of a large number of siblings for the Southern Island Prince. He basically shows up and immediately starts meet cuting with Anna Hard. Mm-hmm. The point is that he asked her to marry him. She's with it. And Elsa's saying that's stupid. You're stupid is kind of what starts the argument that leads to her powers being unveiled. Uh, revealed as well yep they've cut out so much of what hans actually does he he plays the good guy but he's a sociopathic power hungerer who literally is just trying to take like trying to take over a kingdom of his own so he'll never have his own because of his family and yeah. so we just like he even notes that elsa was too hard to approach but anna was so desperate for affection that was easy yeah hmm. that's why the whole romantic subplot in frozen is about anna rather than anything elsa does I think also around this time of the movie, um, we would have had the troll scene, but that and that is mercifully cut from this game. <laughs> <laughs> Everything with the trolls is cut. Now, it does mean we have no idea what's going on with Anna, what happens next, yeah. but the trolls are kind of unanimously considered one of the worst parts. Yeah, it's literally these little rock troll guys that are part of why the bad advice was given to Elsa's parents in the first place. Like, basically, they're not stupid so much as they're really bad communicators. Yes. Well, the leader's not. They yeah. raised Kristoff as a child because he kind of just wandered into their camp and they kept him. Mm-hmm. We don't know if he had family before that, but. And like because he says to two t- terrified parents that fear is your enemy, they concluded we need to hide everything. Whoops. And then they also try to force uh, Anna to see Kristoff as a potential romantic partner. Well, that's just because the trolls are, are they're just doing a long joke of the mean medley in loss. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you kind of a kind of fucked up little song. Yeah, a very fucked up little song. Gosh, there's just so much that happens off screen that it's yeah. wild. <laughs> it's all, and honestly, like I said, it makes the story nonsensical, but it's almost weirdly efficient about it. And it leaves yeah. so much weird, goofy stuff. That's why I'm kind of amused. So mm. anyway, uh, Goofy thinks that the person who's carrying Elsa might be someone who came to help her. And this, but Sora is like, no, that doesn't seem quite right. And Donald gets a whiff of darkness from him. Pretty shortly after we see that, the next person we see is Marshmallow bursting through some trees that were blocking us earlier. But this time he just completely ignores us. Yep, he completely ignores us. Yep, he's screaming Elsa. Sora kind of figures out what his motivation is and basically convinces him that we are also trying to help Elsa so he will help us out. So he's joining our party, which is sort of cool, but but I want Elsa in my party. Not to mention it was at the very end of everything. Yeah, it only happens for basically the last screen or two and the boss fight. Yep. Uh, there's an interesting lucky emblem around here, an arrangement of logs uh, like they're it, they're almost blinking. You'll miss it. <laughs> I think I actually ran across this one. It's a pile of firewood, but in the pile of firewood, there are three logs that make a lucky emblem in a way that the others don't match together. Yeah. I mean, I winced a little at this one, but it wasn't like one that really seemed rough. I think, though, that was the 
Wasn't that the one that you were like, oh, these are actually pretty complex, huh? Generally, so to some degree, like it didn't make me as much despair as the Winnie the Pooh one. Oh, yes. <laughs> we proceed to the next area where we find Kristoff being pushed ahead by Sven because Kristoff has decided he's going to fuck off. Again, we've missed a lot of plot here. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I guess I just am slightly less annoyed because we're missing so much. It's hopeless. Unlike Corona, just thinking yeah. we'll know these random elements. Yeah. Like, I think Frozen either has like a element of, oh, everyone's seen Frozen. We don't need to do any lifting of putting this into the story. But also, why do we need to do this story right here? Why can't we do sometime after Elsa has come to terms with her powers so that we can have Elsa in our party? It would be a lot cooler. <laughs> cooler. <sighs> Sorry. I did not do that intentionally. I, I believe you. It's just... <laughs> uh, Sora sees through all this tr- uh, crap about true love with with Hans and ships Anna and Kristoff. I mean, you're two people I've met. Seems fine to me. I haven't met the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like how Donald compares it to him and Daisy, which certainly they're kind of using the old version of Daisy here where they've got a very hostile relationship. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I have in my notes. How much of that is a dig, Donald? <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be as hapless as I am. Ah. <laughs> So the next area has a blizzard kick up and we have to Chrono Trigger Death Peak our way through it because Marshmallow tells us Elsa is that way. And watch down the Goofy's AI completely fail and just go flying backwards. <laughs> yes. Fortunately, only Sora needs to get to the end point. Yeah. It's like, ooh, just what? It sure is cold. And then you have to basically walk behind Marshmallow who shields you for the yeah. last bit of the way, which is kind of neat. Yeah. It is neat. It makes me feel good that we have Marshmallow in the party. I just wish he was at our party for more. Or, hear me out here, Instead of just doing a Disney plot, why don't we do something that takes place after, like we did in a few of the Pixar movies? They didn't really find a very good way to tie this into Kingdom Hearts. I mean, there's a little bit of talk about like, oh, how how do these snowmen have hearts? But they don't. They don't have that. They They could have. Yeah, yeah, Larcy doesn't care. (laughs) Yeah. They're creating life again, but she's never been one for thinking about things. Hell, (laughs) Could Larkseed may even maybe even think about just like, I don't know, stuff from Castle Oblivion, replicas, I don't know, anything? Anything? <laughs> but no. no and, well, we're heading towards Arundel Castle, but we can't get there. So now we're gonna have a cutscene only area on the frozen lake. <laughs> yep. Uh on the ice lake we see Anna, Elsa, and Hans. Kristoff tries to reach them, and Hans is about to take a sword to Elsa. It's almost not worth talking about. It's just basically yeah. how the movie went here. We're just kind of seeing this weird Anna with white hair and see and like ice all over her. A guy about to stab also appears to be taking a nap or something of the sort. Yep. We do get a little background of, oh, if your heart is touched by ice magic, you're destined to, f- to freeze forever. Well, Kristoff mentioned it, but. Yeah. And the only cure is true love. Yes, exactly. And. So then Anna freezes over right as she blocks Han's blade, just directly with her from the movie. And then something that isn't in the movie happens. Yeah. Well, first Sora shows up as like, well, I don't know what the hell I can do with this. Yeah, the, I got I have no way to deal with this. I am a hmm, fear. <laughs> Whoops, made her a bottle. Oh, oh, no, that's a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At least we never melted. At least we never melted all off. Hans, who is unvoiced in this game. Let's have a really stinky one and pulls us into a dark portal. Yeah, like he just shoots darkness from his prone body and it just makes a it just makes a hole under us. So we all get pulled in. And for the last time, we're kept at arm's length from the story. Yep. And here I'm just like, Hans, who the hell is Hans? I don't understand. 
Oh well. Don't don't worry about it. We're not meant to understand because yeah. inside this portal we find a large wolf of darkness and ice and bone. Is this Hans? For, no, it, honestly, <laughs> we have to assume, but we just see Hans him come hardness. out. We'd assume, but it just comes out of a black. It just comes out of a black orb. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we're now going to fight Skull. Yeah, there's just floating darkness wolf. It's like Goofy's like, how is this help? And so I was like, I don't know. This is actually yeah, a way cooler fight than it has any right to be, honestly. Yes, so much so. I just love they've named this wolf after the uh, Norse mythological creature that swallows the sun at Ragnarok. Yep. The wolf that chases it. Yeah. Yeah, like you just have to dodge a bunch of attacks or block a bunch of attacks and fight him. It's not that bad, but he's he's quite mobile, but he's not just like running away from you. So it's not completely annoying. Yep. But then partway through, he flies to the sky and creates a giant orb of darkness that looks fucking sweet. Black hole sun, won't you come? That's different. <laughs> That's very different. Yeah. So I, I, what else would you call it? Good point. It's. I mean, it makes sense for the wolf that devours the sun anyway. Yeah. True. It's, well, it has purple shimmering corona. The inside is like a, a, a purplish darkness with basically no light, apparently. Yeah. And it rains wolf heads. Oh, yeah. After we deal with those wolf heads, we can eventually activate Marshmallow's Limit Break, which is Sub-Zero Impact. It, which allows Marshmallow to tank the sun while we charge up our Keyblade to destroy it. It looks fucking amazing. Yeah. He literally catches yeah. it, and then we and then we do an Ashura's Wrath bit, like we're seeing from the yeah. cracking from beneath. Yeah, they did not need to go this hard. The black sun just starts cracking, yeah. and light starts showing through it, and then it goes, and uh, the and Skull is stunned yeah. afterwards. Yeah. So you he just kind of roars, eyes. like, "What the hell, guys? That was tough to make." Phase two, I cheesed with shot locks because fuck this fight at this point. <laughs> yeah, you had the fun part. Let's just get it over. <laughs> yeah. But after we win. We, we have no idea if that accomplished anything. <laughs> yeah. Basically, we get to see one more marshmallow taking a dark orb, and then we all wake up on the ice floe as though we just fought a body spot in our mind palace while a sad scene from the end of Frozen played out. <laughs> well, at least it wasn't playing out in the same in the same plane as a sad scene like in Corona. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been weird. <laughs> yeah. Do you think else is like, do you mind? <laughs> I'm also, trying to have a, a moment of grief over here. Now, here's the thing. If this was happening inside the castle, would they have pushed us into a dark portal? I don't think they would have. I think this fight would have happened on the lake if this was happening in the castle. Honestly, I don't know. <sighs> it would have been just like Kingdom of Corona. That is my head. <laughs> hmm. The only reason we got pushed into a dark portal is because this happens on the lake. Mm, anyway. Perhaps. So, yeah, the end happens. You know, Elsa's crying over her sister's apparently dead. Yep. And the familiar love between the two of them, whether it's Anna saving her sister across her own life or Elsa's response, that's an act of true love, which is, I always thought it was one of the cleverest parts of the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Like, they, the, whole for, the whole part of the movie, part of the conflict is marrying somebody just met is stupid. So why would yeah. it be the guy you just met, even if it's not as toxic? <laughs> yeah, I can see the how how it goes, even just from this very cut version. And I thought it was pretty a, a clever twist for the true yeah. love thing. The funny thing is Tangled ended the same way in some degree where they talk about how they dated for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it just a cute narration. But <laughs> yeah, like they. Disney at the time is pretty awkward about the whole like 
instant instant marriage, instant prince thing. Yeah, like there's a lot of toxic stuff. There's a lot of the older movies that we kind of probably shouldn't put in our new stuff. So let's overcompensate and comment on it. It's good that they do that. Yeah. So, you know, Anna's revived. Elsa's figuring out how to turn away the ice and we're stopped by Lark's scene from joining in. Yep. She comments that there are two princes of light in one world now, both Elsa and Anna. And she's just so perky about it. It's like, I definitely didn't see that coming. And she's just doing a you mad smile. Yep. Yep. Soren tells her to leave the others out of it. And Larkson is just like, well, find your other guardians of light then. So- I just love what we said. Oh, you talked about Lucia. I'm not repeating them then. Larkson just is very happy to be herself. Yes. And then we get this exchange. Remember, Matt, you were Larkson here. Please, like you found your 13, the king said you're one seeker of darkness short. Oh, no, we're set. And then she refuses to elaborate, points at the Keyblade Mania sign, and teleports away. <laughs> so is that what Kingdom Hearts actually is, the Keyblade Mania signs? It might yes. be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, Sora just really none of that penetrated, let's be honest. Yeah, he has no idea what to do with all that. But we get to join in the happy ending in a pre-rendered cutscene. I have in my notes. Hooray! Arendelle is done. Let's not come back here again. Sledding minigame waves in the distance. Also, you're likely to have missed at least a couple treasures and oh, lucky emblems. Yeah. Receive the Crystal Snow Keyblade. Its form changes are car Blizzard Claws and Blizzard Blades. So first you just get big ice claws and then you get a pair of ice skates to help kick things. And the finisher on Blizzard Blades is actually really cool because it's basically Elsa's crystal chandelier in the Ice Palace as an attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the, the, the circular, the, the circular panning as it forms and builds outward almost fractally. Also, interestingly, these is, this is a magic focus keyblade that um, turns the magic into point blank spells when you are uh, in form change. I guess there's like three or four types of spells. So, like, yeah, I say often I think this is the valor form uh, magic change where everything is close, ca- close combat magic. But it also makes the magic neat. really fucking powerful. So, like, this became my favorite keyblade for mm-hmm. um, the rest of my playthrough before I ended up getting ultimate weapon. And shot locks are Diamond Dust and Frozen Crescents. Can't remember what Diamond Dust is. I think it just kind of shoots the blast. Frozen Crescents, you like kind of slash at the screen with, with with rapid fire cuts. Oh, yeah. Also, it's more throwing with the form changes. Sora gets ice skates. It gets to skate around. Yeah, that's the Blizzard Blades in this case. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's great. So so they thought Arendelle. They don't remember to give Olaf a snow cloud. So I'm assuming he melts off screen five seconds later. Oh, shit. <laughs> I was laughing at this because it's like, Hey, you probably shouldn't melt the lake while you're standing on it. Well, a boat comes up from the water, just like in the in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize that would happen. Anyway, so we're done. <laughs> yep. We cut to Mickey and Riku at Jensen's Tower and Sora, Donald and Goofy show up and we pretty much just reiterate everything that's going on. Yep. Just in case you weren't paying attention. Yeah. Honestly, it's just recappy here. Even though we like voice these characters, there's not much to say in it. Yeah. Mm. But there is a there's one line that's fun and there's a fun few interactions in here. Um, I don't know, but there's something else they keep mentioning. They're after a new seven hearts, which, which seems to be code for let's go bother more princesses. Well, as the original princesses of hearts time for protecting the pure light has ended, they have passed the light to others. Our enemies must certainly be cognizant of this. If the new seven hearts is what they wish to call them, so be it. I was laughing at this because Sora's line is the sort of thing we would say about this entire situation. I was <laughs> getting more snarky yeah. about all of this. Like being frozen seems to rubbed off on him. Just thinking about the cold because he's like Finn complaining about Ice King now. Yeah. 
organizations always kidnapping princesses. <laughs> Everyone hear Razasora behind his back, which he hears quite openly. Jesus, these are just great friends, aren't they? <laughs> and the check-in ends with all of us going back to doing what we were already doing before. Mickey and Riku are looking for Aqua, and we're trying to get back the power of waking. Great meeting, guys. This could have been a gummy mail. <laughs> so we do have at least one more important scene with a jobber squad talking to each other in the Keyblade graveyard. Wait, what's a jobber? A jobber is someone who does the job. Sorry, I this. Basically, in wrestling terms, it means you're out there to get your ass kicked. You yep. Usually you're a no name or a, a, a like an indie guy or a rookie who's out there to get to take his lumps as part of training. I've, my favorite term for them is and and they're up against already in the ring. <laughs> All right. <laughs> They'll get an entrance. So we, we, so we end up on the Keyblade graveyard with their new stone pillars to be the seats and Marluxia and Larkson are hanging out. So why are you back? Nice way to greet your old partner in crime. So why do you think the old geezer took us back? He must know we backstabbed the organization when Xemnas was running it. Xehanort doesn't care about you or me. To him, we're nothing but empty husks. The old organization was the same. Xehanort needs 13 vessels to hold his essence. Husks? Not me. You up for another coup? Oh, please. You couldn't do it last time. You gotta play it smart, like me. And the everyone's favorite genius shows up, carrying his big blue sitar. What? You're not smart. Well, you heard what Marley said. I don't have to be smart. Or capable. Or likable. Or attractive. A cereal bowl would make a better vessel. Whoa now, you are way out of line. I am extremely imposing when I want to be. Which is admittedly almost never. Why haven't you gone to any worlds? Are you slacking? <laughs> of course not. I got benched. Huh? Saix brought Vexen on board. They must be planning to use replicas. Those wind-up toys. Oh, no. The replicas are way more real than you remember. I mean, one stole my spot. <laughs> of course it stole your spot. You're dumb as a brick. Hardy-har. Vexen's latest replicas are no mere puppets. The Riku replica we used in Castle Oblivion was just a prototype. The next replica, the one crafted from Sora's memories, was real enough to join our ranks. And Vexen claims the new ones will be human in every way, if he ever finishes them. Oh, the thing is, I kinda told Sora and his nitwits that we're ready. My bad. Let them believe as much. Xemnas poofs into existence. Ugh, Xemnas. If they think we have all 13 darknesses, they will panic. And panic leads to a lack of preparation. Yeah, totally. Why is this thing a member again? Hey now, pointing is rude. The first six members of the original organization were all apprentices to Ansem the Wise. And the seventh and eighth members joined thereafter. The thirteenth member was Roxas. A keyblade wielder. So, what about you? How do you suppose I chose numbers 9 through 12? Because our hearts are uber powerful. Wrong. 
You have been brought together for another purpose. What? So we can rot away on the bottom rung? Uh, you're in too? What is this, organization rehash? I happen to play an important role. No one benched me. You were listening, so not cool. One must hold one's cards as long as necessary. You get it, you like cards. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that was a lie. It was sorry. Yep. <laughs> what important role? That stupid box Zigbar claims is real but won't tell us a thing about? You'll just have to ask Zigbar that. Now then, Zemnis, what is this purpose? You didn't invite us back for old time's sake. You four are going to reveal your greatest secret. The ancient Keyblade legacy that slumbers within you. And we are not going to talk about that in this game. <laughs> I love that Demix is here and no one cares and no one's going to do anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> Luxor pops up and he's like, yeah, me too. I mean, it was inevitable at this point. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I I do like Larxene's just snark about everyone else. The only mm -hmm. one she actually likes is Marluxia. Yep. I just love that her open disgust at seeing them. This is like, uh, <laughs> oh, boyfriend. No. Oh, boss. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, the so apparently these four have some kind of relationship to ancient Keyblade Masters, I guess. I don't know. I just start calling them the weird four here, but it doesn't really pan out to anything. So your guess is yeah. good as mine. I know right. later we get some annoying slight hints and like any idea where this is hiding? Do, do you have a guess? Um, so from my understanding, the stuff with, about Larxene and Marluxia is in the mobile games. I have Ugh. no idea if there's anything about Demix and we'll be able to talk about Luxord more later. I swear to God, Demix is like, does anyone remember the uh, the kids that's like mystery book, the Westing game? I don't know that one. Yeah. The joke is like it's a mystery, like with a large cast of, of characters that were carefully selected to be like to live in the one building. And one of the jokes is one of the characters was selected by accident. Huh. huh. Like the first chapter tells you that in the narration. It's one of the things you can try to figure out. Like one was a bomber. So they're the ultimate thief. lucky student. <laughs> I would say no, but what's the game's kind of fun for like a uh, kid, a kid who is like an elementary to middle school uh, mystery book. Yeah, it's actually relatively fair play, too. Hmm. There's only a little bit more completion stuff in this world. Ooh. It's Fantastic Seven. It's a grape. You beat up some guys. Yeah, I think you have to reflect these grape shots back at them and rail grind on the grape uh, ice path. Hmm. Yeah. So we're done with Arendelle. Next, we go from my least favorite world in Kingdom Hearts 3 to my most favorite world in Kingdom Hearts 3. Because John wants a cool hat. <laughs> oh, boy. Let me make it clear. Real just a quick little preview. This story is worse handled than Corona and Arendelle combined. And I won't go to Corona rap. But I'm going to have a lot to say next, next week. Believe me. But <laughs> because the next world is the Caribbean and they made an entire pirate open world game for it. Oh, fuck. Yeah. This world rules. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Until next time. I'm John. I'm Jared. And I'm Matt. And remember, a good story is best enjoyed with friends. Thank you for listening to Backlog Dialogues. If you're enjoying our deep dives and discussions, be sure to leave a five-star review on the podcatcher of your choice. 
If you're really enjoying our deep dives and discussions, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash backlogdialogues. If you'd like to hear more episodes, you can find our archives at backlogdialogues.com. Special thanks to Eli for our theme song. Kingdom Hearts and all associated trademarks are the property of Disney and Square Enix. Please support the official release. Original pop cat just as that weird little cat with the big with a big uh, distorted mouth. Mm. Uh, they hides in a pot. Yes. Mm, I guess you don't recognize the meme. No, I do not recognize the meme, Jared. What are you talking about? I mean, this is obviously gonna get cut, but do you don't recognize pop cat? What is this? Let me take a look. No, that's pog cat. No, it's. It's it's pop because it goes pop pop pop. No, that's pog cat. Because he's pogging. Apparently, it's both. They're both because I see both names for it. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, well, as I knew it was going to be waste of time, anyways. But yep, that's getting cut. Uh, interesting Nothing. emblem in the lucky. There is one interesting. Li- there is interesting one interesting emblem one- in the lucky labyrinth. I kind of with the argument that brain freeze. Oh, like the movie. <laughs> Next week we go. Next week we go ahead and shove off. Ooh, that was bad. That was bad. <laughs> yes.